Ladies and gentlemen, if you thought I would be chipper on a Monday morning, boy, boy, are you wrong. Folks, this was the worst NFL gambling weekend I've had this season when everything went wrong. I want to pace myself here, Mr. Lynch, because some of these talking points are going to you know, spill into rants. Uh, I felt like everything went the wrong way, whether it was the Bears, whether it was Justin Tucker, whether it was the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, uh, Lynch, listen, I've got to pace myself. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Coming Up Winners. I am your fearless leader, the downtrodden, upset, unhappy Jason McIntyre, joined as always by Andrew Lynch, my co-host, who is uh, also not very chipper this morning. Yeah, J-Mac, there's a, a city in Wales over in the United Kingdom. I can't pronounce it because it has six L's in the city name, and <laughs> I think that's where we're coming from live this week because that's about half as many L's as we took. This was a very, 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 very bad NFL weekend. I felt like every bounce went against us. I'm not going to sit here and get excited about going 4-1 and one in college football for the second straight week. Thank you for the social media pats on the back, but I need to solve the NFL. Is that the humblest of humble brags? No, it's like, not even humble brag. It's like, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling here on the NBA to start the season. I mean, maybe we'll touch on that later, but this was the weekend that the public roared back. I mean, road favorites, I believe at one point yesterday, were 6-3-1. They had been getting slaughtered all season. We'll get to all of that. But first, Lynch, we're going to start with what did you learn here on the podcast? I'll let you go first because I learned too much and it's too negative. I want you to get us started and pace yourself. This really feels like a week where we need to say it right and very mockingly. And it's, what did you learn? And for me... I learned that you can't lie to yourself as a gambler. Uh, I had New England minus two and a half against Chicago coming Congrats. into the week. Yeah, and, but when I hear the Gronk news, I'm like, all right, biggest one of the biggest pieces of the New England offense. I'm probably, you know, this. I got it in at two and a half. It came down to one and a half. I was like, all right, Gronk's out. I'm not going to sweat this game. This The game has changed, right? Because from when I originally got my money in. And then I was sitting there on Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, intently staring at every single play, sweating out that last Hail Mary. It, it didn't matter. I can't lie to myself. If I have money on something, even if the game changes, if the process changes, I'm going to be sitting there sweating it. And that's half the fun. So what did I learn? Don't lie to yourself, Lynch. Just just accept that if you have money on a game, you're going to be invested. Yeah. Um, I guess my counter would be, and I've brought up blackjack several times, right? If you follow the numbers and the strategy, over the long haul, you will be successful. And I feel like in betting on the NFL, the same is true. You just have to stick with it. And you know what? There's going to be times in blackjack where you follow the strategy and lose 10 hands in a row. And there's going to be times in the NFL where you know, I felt good going into this weekend. I felt genuinely good. I stuck to my strategy and I got slaughtered. I mean, there was a five-minute span, right, where the Ravens take the lead 17-7. And I'm like, third quarter, Ravens haven't allowed a TD in the second half. Booyah! All right, I'm finally going to get a second win with the Ravens and... Boom, they just get roasted. I mean, Drew Brees and Sean Payton were friggin' tremendous. And then I look over at the Dallas game on my other TV, and, you know, Jason Garrett's fumbling along like the clown that he is. And next thing you know, Dak Prescott fumbles at the goal line, Redskins scoop and score. 
There's a loss. The Ravens come back. Justin Tucker. Perfection on extra points. It is career. And I try not to get too excited because they weren't the better team in the second half. I'm like, maybe I've got a shot at a, a win in overtime because I had two and a half. And he misses the extra point. And that kind of summed up my day. And I'm not going to lie. Folks, I talk about the Super Contest a lot. I have not looked at the standings since about 3 or 4 o'clock Pacific Time Sunday. Maybe I'll do that later in the podcast. I'm just too upset about it because this is not to brag. I was in first place after three weeks. And we've talked on the podcast the first few weeks in the NFL before they adjust. That's when you can make your money. And I was on fire and I haven't adjusted well. I went one and four and I'm really pissed off. This is like when you bomb the final and you just refuse to check your grade. You know, I'll get it in the mail eventually. Um, That's good. I like. Yeah. Who would you rather have coach your kid's soccer team real quick? Jason Garrett, Vance Joseph. You got to pick one. <laughs> oh, my God. In this case, I would actually go with kids. Just figure it out yourself. Do your thing. Got it. I don't Luke want Wal- Jason Garrett Luke anywhere Walton. near got my it. team. I mean, Jason Garrett is one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Do you know they've, I believe, alternated wins and losses in like the last 10 games? Just win, loss. Win. Like, you're not good at anything. Until you're consistent, whether it's basketball, golf, ping pong, I don't care. And Jason Garrett is not good. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. All right, moving on to put up or shut up. This is the fun game where I gamble against you guys. You drop the hashtag on social media, put up or shut up. You pick the game, I pick the side. For the first, what, three weeks we've done this, we've split them. I've gone one and one. And you know what? Hey, you're not going to win them all. Naturally, this weekend, a big donut for me. Like a buffoon, I back Jason Garrett. You know that's the third time this season that he's cost me money? The Detroit Lions, the Washington Redskins, and the Carolina Panthers in the opener. I realized yesterday I have wagered on every Browns game this season. I don't know how I'm still alive. (laughs) I mean, like, I I just got to go back and look at why on earth I would back the Cowboys again. He has no idea what he's doing. Anyways, I took that loss at... Amart underscore 95. I will be Venmoing you $10 after the show. Then my buddy, who's actually in town this week, and we may play some pickup basketball at JPrez11, he threw Detroit Miami at me. And I haven't been a believer in the Detroit Lions since my Jets smoked them in the season opener. All the Lions have done since is cover and Lynch. I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about them later, but this is a competitive team now they can run. The offense is really strong. I know the defense isn't quite there, but the offense can hang with anybody. They flat out beat Brocktoberfest. Rock out with my Brock out. And Whoa. the uh, Dolphins took an L. So uh, J- at JPrez11, I'm going to be sending you 10 bucks. And you know what? Uh, and I didn't discuss this with you, producer Conrad or Lynch. Uh, you know, we were talking about at the 25th show, I will say, oh, we'll do a special $25 bet. I may have to push that up at, like, the 15th show. I believe this is the 10th. And say, listen, let's just start jacking the money up because i got to chase here. And I hate chasing, but 0-2 and and put up or shut up. So for this week, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to look at the college football top 25. Send me your put up or shut up. Use the hashtag on social media. Also, look at the NFL games. Hashtag put up or shut up. And just because I feel like giving you guys money, I'm going to say, look at the NBA schedule, and you can pick any game Thursday or Wednesday. or th- We're well, going to say Thursday, I guess. We'll just look at Thursday's games, and you, if you see anything on the card you want to bet me, pick the game, I'll pick the side, 
And, you know, when I lose that, I should say, not if I lose, just when, because I'm just hemorrhaging money at this point, Lynch. Remember, use the hashtag put up or shut up. I love that. Um, very important follow-up question. Will there be a line on the pickup basketball game? <laughs> no, I'm going to need him on my side as a shooter. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll be playing some pickup Wednesday. So uh, remember, hashtag put up or shut up. All right, moving on to what were you thinking? I guess we could just say, Lynch, what were you thinking even gambling? Maybe Conrad, the producer, when he said last week, I'm going to take a week off, I should have listened. You're just taking a week off again? No, stop, real quick, stop that. Like, bad weeks happen. They do. And you know what? Sometimes a bad week happens because your process was just broken. Um, this might have been one of those weeks. We, between the two of us, might have looked at things incorrectly across the board. That's okay. You have to re like take this moment to you know be down, be depressed about it, and then take that anger, take that rage, and channel it into getting better. It, this is like I feel like I'm staging an intervention to force someone to keep doing what they're doing instead of getting away from it. But sincerely, I think a lot of us, a lot of people who are trying to fade the public or looking deeper into the numbers, probably didn't have a great week this week. That's okay. It happens. It's gambling. We move on. That's that's well said, and, you know, I wish I could have put it so eloquently. But, Lynch, I do want to ask you, you know, was this week an anomaly? Before we dive into the games, was this week an anomaly, or is this a new trend now heading forward? Like, listen, home favorites were great, but now the road teams are taking over. Do we have enough of a sample size from teams to say, the numbers here say this team is better, they're going to win? I mean, we talk about the Patriots using September— uh, as a you know, a kind of a preseason, if you will, to tune up. And I got. We'll get to Patriots Bears in a sec. I didn't think the Bears were the wrong side there. Uh, and I don't care about the Hail Mary. I, I kind of hated their game plan. But what I, I I'm not unhappy with my picks. I'm I'm just stunned at the results. Like I'm just floored how everything, literally every game, went against me. This is going to sound very basic and superficial, so I want to preface it by saying I'm not meaning to sound like a jerk here. Every individual week in the NFL is an anomaly, and I think it's very important to point that out. And it's a little bit of a pendulum effect, right? Home dogs were profitable through the first four, five, six weeks of the season, so Vegas probably adjusts a little bit, and maybe they over-adjust just slightly, and then all of a sudden, road favorites are the new market inefficiency for that week. Week seven will certainly play into what we see in week eight. But we say this week in, week out. You're never as good as your last game. And that is true across the board. No trend is ever as strong as any one week. Yeah. All right, let's get started with the games. Titans at Chargers. We both were leaning Chargers by six and a half. Um, I, I feel kind of, you know disingenuous here i actually flipped this pick late friday night and went now i actually went titans in the super contest i felt good about the chargers and then you know i saw something gus bradley is the chargers defensive coordinator hey he's been in that division coaching in jacksonville he's gotta know marcus Mariota, right i bet he's got his number let me just confirm it so i asked some guys on social media and the opposite was true Gus Bradley has not been able to stop Marcus Mariota. And that got me thinking, and I'm like, you know, the public is all over the Chargers. Let me just take the Titans. So I did in the contest, and I got kind of lucky there. Uh, the Chargers were clearly the better team if you woke up early and watched that. But 
you know, they could have been they could have lost that game easily, right? If the two point conversion hits, they're taking that loss. They moved the ball so easily. I do wonder. Did you see anything from the Chargers' defense, Lynch, that gave you pause? This is a Titans team that struggled to move the football for long portions of the season. Nothing particularly stuck out at me other than that last drive where Deion Lewis apparently turns into the modern Barry Sanders and cannot be yeah. tackled. That was that was disheartening. What was I thinking in that game? It was like, okay, one tackle and we're out of here. But yeah, I loved the Chargers at minus six and a half at less than a touchdown. Didn't come through. Frankly, I'm not sweating it too much because it all came down to that final drive. It happens. Let Again, me, we let, move on. Let me add this. So, given what you saw from the Chargers, they have the bye week. Then Joey Bosa is expected to return. Is this a bet on team for you going forward in the second half of the season? Historically, remember, Anthony Lynn is the coach. We don't love him. I just wonder if maybe the Chargers are going to be overvalued going forward. Interesting. I said last week, and I still at this point believe that the Chargers are probably an undervalued team. They're hmm. tied with the Rams and the Chiefs atop the NFL in yards per play on offense at 6.9. It's a very nice season for offense in the NFL. But it is worth watching because I do wonder if people will start to catch up and see that this Chargers team is a lot better than they're getting credit for. So right now, I'm, I like the Chargers, uh, but it's something to keep an eye on. All right, next game, the New Orleans Saints and the Baltimore Ravens. <sighs> this one stung, man. This really friggin' hurt. Uh, Ravens were up, okay? 17-7 to in the second half. And I'm feeling great. I'm like, all right. They have not given up a second-half touchdown. And then, you know, Breeze and Peyton went bananas. Now, there were some weird things outside of the missed extra point. Lynch, let me start here. In the red zone, Saints, three for four. They delivered. On fourth down, Sean Payton was four of five. Who goes for it that many times on fourth down? Smart coaches. Yeah, there you, well, that, that's a great point. And the last thing I'm going to mention, this fellow by the name of Taysom Hill from BYU, okay? He comes on the field, and you know what he's doing. He's running the football. He's running the football, whether it's a read option, wildcat, whatever you want. RPO, he's running. And he must. he ran for 35 yards on six carries. Doesn't sound like a lot. But on that decisive drive, he was incredible. Does that RPO become an RRO? If you know he's running, it's just a run-run option. The guy's talented, and he's beating linebackers to the edge. I'm like, what is this guy? So what were you thinking? I'm thinking I had the right side. It's up 17-7 in the fourth, and you can't close it out? I'm sorry. I felt like the Ravens. This is not going to have me off Baltimore going forward. Regarding the Saints, though. Ingram's there. Kamara didn't have a huge game. The defense, you know, looked pretty good. Not incredible. It, it, this doesn't really change my mind. I mean, I, you know, if we go to overtime, is the momentum, if there is any momentum. No such thing. In the NFL, is it with the Ravens? I don't know. So, I don't, do you have any thoughts on the game? Yeah, what a perfect betting experience that was. Like, I lost, and I sweated it down to the very end, felt comfortable in the first half, watched this money that I was already putting in my pocket slowly fade away. It sucked to take the L, but that was, that was gambling in a nutshell. One real quick data dive that I want to do here, and mm. this is, I'll do my best to get through this as cleanly as I can, but it's a little complicated. The Ravens-Saints game, that was a top 10 defense versus a top 10 offense in the NFL this year. And so that got me thinking, well, in those games where you have an elite offense versus an elite defense, which side of the ball is covering? 
So far, it's about right down the middle. 11 times the team with the top 10 offenses covered in those matchups. 10 times the team with the top 10 defenses covered. There's been one push. But what is really interesting is it doesn't necessarily come down to offense versus defense. It's who is the very best at what they do well. So take this Ravens-Saints game, for instance. The Ravens are a top three defense. They're 19.7% better than the average defense in the NFL, about 20% better. The Saints are a top three offense. They are 21% better than the average offense. So 21%, slightly higher than 20%. The Saints are slightly better at being elite at offense than the Ravens are at being elite at defense. The team with the most elite unit on either side of the ball in these matchups is 15-6-1 against the spread this year. They're covering 70% of the time. So there's something very simple here that you might not necessarily know unless you dive into the data. Teams that are just elite at one thing are covering in these matchups between top teams in the NFL, okay. and that's fascinating. To me. Yeah, that is incredible, and that's the kind of nugget you're going to find on this podcast. I don't think any other people are going to be talking about this, so let me spin it forward with two questions, okay? Number one, are there any matchups ahead in Week 8? We'll get to this later in the show. Where we can use this to our advantage. And number two, who are these elite units on offense and defense? And, of course, the numbers, ladies and gentlemen, will change the DVOA numbers will be out uh, Tuesday at around, what, noon? Maybe you can tweet them out. But we want to know who are these elite units we should be watching. And finally, the Patriots-Bears game. <sighs> Lynch, you hit the Patriots. Do you want to gloat at all or not really? No, uh, I don't because I... it came down to that Hail Mary. Um, I, I like the process. I like the Patriots at minus at two and a half before the Gronk news. Ended up working out. Uh, but that game ended up becoming a little bit of an anomaly because of the injury news and things like that. So I'll take the W. Uh, trusted the process beforehand. What was I thinking? Again, it's like, ah, Gronk's out. I'm not going to be too invested in this. And then I'm screaming at my television on that final play. You know I've been talking about the Bears all season. I felt it was a bad beat in Miami when they had that game against Brock Osweiler. It, feel free to disagree. I know you guys aren't going to want to hear this. I thought the Bears had that game yesterday. Okay? I, the Patriots had two early fumbles. Bears were up 17-7 on the ensuing kickoff. Cordell Patterson takes it to the house and, like, air out of the stadium. The, the lead was gone. But it wasn't just one special teams play, Lynch. There was another one for the first time in, I think, 22 years. It was, like, 356 games or whatever. The Patriots had a block punt for touchdown. Like, you don't factor that into gambling. That they almost didn't pick up. Like, that was... There they was, like, had four, four guys right. there, right? And, all, and the Bears were nowhere to be found. Now, the, the Patriots did drop, I think, two interceptions in the end zone. And for a quick moment, I need to say something. Mitch Trubisky, the numbers look good. He had a higher QBR than Tom Brady, which, you know, whatever that's worth. He had 81 yards on the ground. He had a great touchdown run. His accuracy is a problem. There's no doubt about it. He was off on at least a dozen passes that should have been delivered. Uh, you know, he had two interceptions. One was a pretty pretty incredible pick by the Patriots player. You know, I don't really care much about the Hail Mary. You know, I, I didn't expect that to come through. But I do want to quickly say on this Bears defense, I mean, I don't know what the game plan was. We know you got to get Brady off his spot. He's not a mobile quarterback. They didn't blitz him. They just didn't go after him. They elected to drop into coverage. And, and, and you know, I think Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator. Like, bro, what are you doing putting Leonard Floyd on James White in the flat? Repeatedly. 
Khalil Mack in the flat against James White, you're never going to win that battle ever. I had to retrain my eyes in that game to be looking five yards into the like the defensive backfield to find Khalil Mack after the snap. It was in, like uh, it, why he's got a sprained ankle and you got him guarding running backs because the Chicago Bears hate you, Jay oh, Mack. That's man. why. All right, and quick word, uh, final word, and Lynch. I, I want to know your thoughts. I know Sonny Michelle went down with the ugly injury. Apparently, it's not going to be as bad as it looked. Um, I, for all we know, he could be back next Monday against the Buffalo Bills. You know, maybe they've got you know Mr. Miyagi younger son in there in the training room but Josh Gordon needs a quick word they're throwing at him a lot seven targets four catches 100 yards he had a big huge play there uh setting up a touchdown you start factoring Josh Gordon into this offense by late season Julian Edelman Gronk Gordon Chris Hogan this offense is going to be pretty filthy come December I mean I'm, I'm talking nasty like Josh Gordon He's a game changer. They got him for a six-round pick? It's just unfair. That's just, this is unfair. All right, if we didn't beat ourselves up enough over some of those picks. On the money line, um, your boy went 0-2. I'm telling you, it was that bad of a weekend. The Buffalo Bills, I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, I mean, they got smoked. That game was over within a quarter, if not earlier. Derek Anderson picked off three times. You can go back to raking leaves with his kids on the weekend because he's not long for an NFL roster. And my Jets took an L. Listen, that was a, I think that was a 10-point game in the like late third, early fourth quarter. Uh, before Kirk Cousins, you know, you just you lit up the Jets secondary, which is beat up. And uh, I, I'm not going to kill Sam Darnold. I saw one of the New York tabloids go after Darnold. The cold weather, California kid struggles. Like, I know for a fact, watching that game, two of those picks were not all on, on Darnold completely. And again, go ahead, watch the All-22 if you want. Darnold was not awful. He was throwing to dudes who aren't usually being thrown to, okay? Quincy Anunwa was out. That's a huge loss for Darnold. That's his security blanket. I like the kid Herndon, the uh, the tight end. He got a couple passes. But, uh, you know, when you're throwing 10 times to Robbie Anderson and completing three because they're blanketing him, that, that's going to happen. They threw to a guy named Trenton Cannon. Trenton Cannon, he was like a preseason stud. He led the Jets with four receptions. I feel like we need to do a who's he play for at some point this season. That, yeah, <laughs> who is, who's that guy? I mean, you know, they just didn't have the weapons. No Terrell Pryor, you know, kind of hurt them. He's now off the team. Did you say they cut him? He's injured, but they cut him? I, he's had a checkered history everywhere he's gone, so... Take a deep breath before you bet the Jets going forward. You've really got to look at that injury report. They're going to Chicago this week against a Bears team that could be desperate. I have a feeling we'll talk about that game on Thursday night. How did you do on the money line, Lynch? I had a fun time with that Browns-Buccaneers game oh. that, again, you know, came down to the wire. My cardiac Browns, they're, they're a lot of fun this season. It was a good <laughs> reminder, and, you know, you get these every week. Just don't overreact to one quarter, the first half of a football game. 60 minutes is a long time. We saw it in New Orleans versus Baltimore. A lot happens. And as you tweeted out on Sunday, second half gives you an opportunity to do some live gambling as well. So at plus 165 with Cleveland, I'm not, again, not sweating that L too much. I did take them against the spread at plus three and a half as well. So recoup some of my loss there. Can I ask a question about Absolutely. your That's Cleveland Browns? This was a DVOA defense, a yards per play defense. It looked good two weeks ago when they shut down the Ravens. Real quick, they kind of got lit up by the Bucks and Jameis Winston. Tampa, 34 first downs, 450 yards, 
and they turned the ball over four times. If they didn't have four turnovers, that's a 500-yard day for the Bucks against Cleveland. Meanwhile, Baker Mayfield, I, I don't know if the bloom is off the rose. Three for 14 on third down against the worst defense in the league? Well, I mean, where are you process-wise on the Browns who could be, you know, I know I keep hearing that could be a playoff team, could be have five wins. They're 2-4-1, and one, and I think the book's kind of out on Baker Mayfield. It's really hard to, to have a read on the offense, so I'm more focused on the defense. And it's they've become an, a fascinating case study for is bend but don't break a real trend for NFL defenses in 2018 still. After that game against Tampa Bay, they're down to ninth, 10th in the NFL, I believe, in yards per play allowed, uh, coming down from the top five a couple of weeks ago. But they're second in the NFL in score percentage. That is how often they're allowing the opponent to score as a percentage of their total uh, possessions. And they're second in the NFL in turnover percentage. So they're giving up a ton of yards, then keeping teams out of the end zone once they get to the red zone or turning them over. Is that sustainable? I legitimately don't know. Some defense, you look at the the Patriots defenses of the early aughts, they were the, the kings of that, giving up a ton of yardage, but then shutting down teams once they got into the red zone. Can the are is that something the Browns are going to be able to continue to do, or is this something where their yards per play is going to start to normalize, and that it's going to be indicative that this is a team that's not as good as we think on defense? This game against the Steelers, Week Eight, is going to be a yeah, real barometer. We for will that. definitely talk about that Thursday. But to to follow up on your turnovers, Cleveland plus ten leading the NFL in turnover margin. Now, usually, if you're leading the league in turnover margin, it's a good thing. I think Jacksonville was on top of the league last year, and they were a playoff team. Uh, Jacksonville, these things flip quickly. They're negative 12 this year, 31st in the league. Don't get me started yet on Jacksonville. We'll talk about them in a moment. All right, now we're going to look ahead. Definitely going to put Week 7 in the rearview mirror. Let's quickly move on to Week 8. Just to... So you can know how badly I want to move on from Week 7, Lynch. So uh, Chiefs, uh, Bengals, Sunday night, not a, not a great game. It was over pretty early, right? And I was just so despondent after what I saw in the NFL. I said to my wife, do you want to go see A Star is Born again? But we couldn't get a babysitter, so we instead turned to Ozark. Just to get my mind off it, you know, and Ozark is a wacky dark show we finished season one it was tremendous and i'm doing anything i can to avoid talking about week seven lynch let's dive into week eight philadelphia versus jacksonville two teams coming off a loss in london this looked great on paper in the preseason last week on the look ahead it was philly by two now it's philly by two and a half inching towards three your initial thoughts on how to bet or look at or handicap Eagles-Jags. This is an interesting game to me because I think there's going to be a strong drive to buy into the gambler's fallacy. I think, listen, we know Blake Bortles is not a good quarterback, but every once in a while he has an okay game, right? And I think a lot of people might talk themselves into the Jaguars here saying, well, maybe Blake Bortles is due. He's at least due to have a game where he doesn't completely fall apart. I, I think uh, I fell for that last week. Right. I and this that's, was coming. that's not how any of this works. Like you, there's no such thing as being due. That said, the Jaguars are still the second best defense in the NFL in yards per play allowed. I don't have any confidence in this Philly offense right now. It's It has ticked up to Philly minus three at the Westgate as we record this. I don't hate Jacksonville plus three. I wonder. I'm kind of 
keep my eye out. Maybe I get three and a half there. Yeah. What do you make of the Eagles now? If you saw that collapse, they led the Panthers 17 nothing in the fourth quarter. I mean, at one point, Lynch, the Panthers had about 150 yards of total offense. And then in the third quarter, they go boom, down the field, down the field, down the field. And Carolina wins that game. Just stop thinking about this Eagles team as a, a quote-unquote defending Super Bowl champion. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You were, you, were adding, you were adding like decorations to a tree that might be on fire. We don't really yeah. know. So stop. just take whatever value you're seeing in Philadelphia because of what happened last season. Throw it out the window. Analyze this team as they are. And what are they now? What's their identity? They, they can't run the football. Their identity Carson is Wentz. a defending Super Bowl champion that's probably <laughs> overrated, honestly. A quick word on that Eagles game. So they held McCaffrey to 29 yards rushing and lost the game. Because Cam Newton Cam Newton was tremendous. I don't know really how to handicap Cam Newton at this point. Like, is he all oh, of so a sudden... Oh, so you're not good- Ron Rivera? Because Ron Rivera knows how to... No, I'm sorry. But they were down 17-0. It looked like, oh, this team is trash. They're losing to another NFC East team. I'm telling you, folks, this NFL stuff... It's not easy. I, 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 my initial lean on this game is stay the hell away from it. I mean, I don't, I, I can't imagine they're going to start Cody Kessler, uh, uh, right against that Eagles front seven. You need somebody who's a little mobile. Bortles has to be the guy. Um, so I, I, I don't know that I'll touch that game. Next up, and this is a great game, probably the game of the weekend. Minnesota versus New Orleans, the rematch of the great playoff game with the unbelievable ending. On the look ahead. I believe it was Vikings by three. Is that accurate? And now it's Vikings by one and a half. So clearly some money coming in on the Saints and New Orleans, kind of a luck box there. Uh, Not lucky. That's a bit strong. They did come back. It was a well-coached game by Sean Payton. But that win in Baltimore basically solidifies this team as a Super Bowl contender, right? Yeah, absolutely. And my early lean here is I come back to that stat that I just put threw out there for the Saints Ravens. The Saints are an elite offense. The Vikings, not necessarily elite on either side of the ball. In Minnesota, New Orleans is probably going to play like they're at home, you know, in that dome. I, I kind of like the Saints early here. If you think back to that playoff game, the Vikings dominated that for three quarters, right? And then the the Saints chipped away, chipped away. I I guess I would be with you. The Saints are, the, but everybody's going to be on the Saints, right? Everybody. Uh, this is going to be a public team going forward. They're starting to clean up against the spread. I, I uh, another game now. Maybe this is a Week Seven hangover, like the Eagles Super Bowl hangover. But I, I'm a little scared of this game. So let's look at the next one. Finally, a game I like: the Seattle Seahawks off a bye. Visit the hot Detroit Lions who, heck, for all we know, Detroit Lions could win their division. They're on fire right now. This opened Detroit by three. It's already been bet down to two and a half. Any initial thoughts, Lynch? Lions, Seahawks. Yeah, my initial thought was, wait, Seattle's not favored by two and a half? (laughs) I get that Detroit has some impressive wins and some impressive performances this year. Uh, when you get it down to the per play numbers, they're really not a good team. So uh, I'll have to dive in and see some specific matchups here. But I, yeah, I mean, if I'm thinking this should have been Seattle minus two and a half, I, you got to be on the Seahawks, right? Yeah, I mean, my, my I initially like Seattle. If it goes back to three, I will definitely be betting Seattle early in the week. But uh, again, you need to look at some stuff like. How if Detroit is on fire, but the numbers hate them? What's happening? How are they pulling this off? And I, I guess you could argue, hey, who have they beaten? 
You know, this is a team that, again, lost to the Cowboys. They beat a Packers team who didn't look good on Monday night against the 49ers. And they beat a Dolphins team with a backup quarterback when there was some tape out on Osweiler. I don't know if we know who the Detroit Lions are at this point, but I would side with the numbers that they're not that good of a team. Would you be shocked to learn that the Lions are scoring on 6% more of their possessions than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That would surprise that me. That would surprise you, yes. right? That's And that's a big part of it is they're, the Lions are sixth in the NFL in score percentage. And again, that's something that tends to normalize. Yards per play tells a better story there. Uh, and they're still a solid offense. They're ninth, well, tied ninth, tenth in the NFL by yards per play. Is Seattle uh, there's a little elite bit of a disparity there at anything? Remember earlier you talked about elite units prevail in a battle of good versus good. Is Seattle elite at anything? I mean, they're certainly elite on defense. Top, oh. top six in the NFL, oh. particularly against the pass. Uh, they are a little bit more susceptible to the run. They're actually giving up 4.7 yards per rushing attempt, which would put them in the bottom 10 in the league. Uh, so that's a little bit concerning against a Detroit Lions team that ran the ball very, very yeah. well in Week 7. They had no 100-yard rushers for four years, and on Johnson has two already this season. He did have a 71-yard carry against the Lions, but still had a good game. So, yeah, for, for me, I like your elite numbers, and I like Seattle there. But it, it's early in the week. Let's check injury reports. Uh, and finally, one last game, probably... This is maybe better than Minnesota-New Orleans in theory, right? The L.A. Rams, who, I mean, absolutely destroyed, just obliterated the San Francisco 49ers. By the way, we don't talk about him enough. Aaron Donald, did you see the game he had? Lynch, he had four sacks and six tackles for loss. He's a one, he's best player in the best defensive player in the league, and it's not close. I love Khalil Mack. I like Von Miller. Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, I don't, and I don't mean to be cliche process over results guy here, but what's even more, like, he's just consistent. He's yes. coming at you on every single snap, and he just, he is the anchor of that Rams defensive line getting consistent push on almost every play. It's, it's fantastic to watch. So the Rams at home were favored by 10 over Green Bay. It's now nine and a half. Lynch, do you have the, has the number moved at all or still nine and a half? So my initial thought is, like, again, that's a, Big number against a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, but is it big enough? Because the Rams, uh, just the stuff they can do on offense, this is a Packers team that gave up 30 points to C.J. Beathard last week. Can you trust them on the road? Now, I want to look and see just if there's anything in the Mike McCarthy um, bye week information. Um, They've had a lot of time to prepare for this Rams team. Any initial lean here? Yeah, Mike McCarthy's had plenty of extra time to make sure this Packers offense underperforms. Give me the, <laughs> I give me the Rams all, probably up to two touchdowns here. If, if the number were, like if the number were legitimately thirteen and a half, I'm probably not making that bet. But I like the Rams are the Rams legitimately might score sixty points in this game. I I love the Rams. I love the Rams across the board. Uh, I am really starting to feel okay. like we're we're on pace for a Rams Patriots Super Bowl. Mark I, it down. Rams Patriots. You didn't say uh, Patrick Mahomes in there. Yeah, because Andy Reid in the postseason <laughs> betting against Andy Reid in the postseason is a is an annual. Tra- it might be my favorite annual tradition. Well, uh, quickly, one more note on Rams Packers. Uh, Mike McCarthy said today. The Packers are traveling to L.A. on Friday, a day earlier than usual, going, you know, what, Midwest? We call them Midwest to West. And McCarthy's saying, you know, hey, we got a lot of heavy travel. We're trying to take advantage off the bye week. 
can that factor into the numbers yeah, at all? Yeah, I mean, you say that, and I'm like, cool, the Packers are coming into L.A. on a Friday night. Ooh. This is going to be fun. Give me that kind of Lakers home court advantage, except for the Rams. A little WeHo action? Oh, West Hollywood for uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be hanging out with his girlfriend, uh, the uh, race car driver, Danica Patrick. We'll see. So those are some of the games that interest us. Stop laughing, guys. I will never stop laughing. I will never log off. Now, are you ready for some football? All right, it's time to break down the Monday night football game and where you should be putting your money. I don't know where it is on interest level. Giants, Falcons, I mean, the, the total is monstrous. Is it still 57? I mean, seriously, everybody's expecting this to be a shootout. We know the Falcons' defense is beat up, although their great defensive lineman, Grady Jarrett, expected to return tonight. We'll see uh, what happens there. Currently, looks like I'm seeing a four. It did touch down to three and a half at a point over the weekend, but currently Falcons favored by four. Lynch, any initial thoughts, any leans? Are you have you, are you already invested in this game? This game is gross. Like, this is two name-brand franchises, the Giants and the Falcons, I think you could say at this point. And they, like, neither of them is any good. Uh, but the, the saving grace here is they're both really bad on defense. Um, the lo- total over-under is not 57. It's 52 and a half. So, Mylene, I'm not touching that spread because I don't have faith in either of these teams. I will touch that over-under, though. I'm going, I, I am very confident this game goes over. Uh, I will take that 52-and-a-half number in a heartbeat. And if I'm wrong, hey, at least I'm sitting there watching Monday Night Football and cheering for points. Like, I want Saquon Barkley to do well. I want Odell Beckham to do well. I want Matt Ryan, Julio Jones to do well. So, if I'm going to get some money in on this game... Give me a side that lets me root for points, root for success, root for fun football. Um, I don't have a play here, but I Coward. need, I absolutely need the Atlanta Falcons here. So I just did what I said I hadn't done. I looked at the Super Contest standings. Folks, for the first time all season, I've fallen out of the money. The money cutoff for now is 22 and a half. I'm at 22. I am tied for 147th. This is after being tied for 27th going into the week. The one and four is just an absolute killer. Oh, my gosh. I I mean, this is embarrassing. But, I mean, if the Giants win here, it's bad news. I would say the top 25 guys, top 50 guys, all have the Giants tonight. So I'm going to be backing Matty Ice, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. I even picked up Ito Smith, the running back, uh, for fantasy. I don't know that I need him. I think I've already got the game locked up. But uh, given that I need the Falcons and my week's been so bad, should I just bet the Giants because everything that I wanted to happen, the opposite happened? Is that is that actually sound gambling strategy or is that uh, some Mickey Mouse BS? So you're asking me if you should Costanza it. Yes. Um, yeah, sure. Why oh, not? Gosh. No, I, listen, no. here's the thing. I, I do want to nip that in the bud real quick. Trust your process. Yeah. Trust your process. Refine your process. I said it earlier. Get smarter, figure out where you feel like you really made mistakes and where you feel like you just had things go against you. Double down on what was working for you. Move on. All right, there it is. Lynch is recommending the over. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Give me all the points. I do think Atlanta can finish this off. Listen, we know Eli Manning's horrible under primetime lights. Uh, Guy fighting for his job, essentially. I mean, I don't think that the kid from Virginia, Kyle Lalletta, I I don't think he's a legitimate contender to play starting quarterback in the NFL yet. Um, So you could get an Eli bounce back here, but Atlanta, 
primetime at home. I'll go with um, 41-27 Falcons. So uh, I think the over hits and the uh, favorite hits. Why are you so sweaty? I was watching cops. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Some advice for treading cautiously on Monday Night Football. Listen, I ate a lot of crow, and yes, I did see all your tweets. Are you going to talk about how bad you were this weekend on the podcast? Well, yeah, of course I am. Come on. Listen, in life, you cannot celebrate the highs too much or be too down about the lows. I got to pick myself up the off the ground, shake it off, dust the shoulders off, and just get back to it. I'll probably take you know the rest of today after the podcast goes up to just decompress, get away from the NFL, clear my mind, and jump back into it next week. Lynch. Any uh, words of wisdom to wrap the podcast? The four most important words in anyone's life. This too shall pass. Oh, well said. For Andrew Lynch, I am your host, Jason McIntyre. We will talk to you on Thursday on Coming Up Winners.